Welcome everyone to Pursuing Justice. We have had a theme uh, this month um, where we have spoken to Ken Hartman and uh, we've been talking about life without parole. And now today uh, we are speaking with um, Ken's daughter, Aaliyah. Just a little background, although I do encourage my listeners to go back to part one of the first interview with Ken and the second. Ken was accused of a crime that he did commit, a little bit different uh, than the, the people I usually talk to who are uh, wrongfully convicted, and he was given a life without parole sentence of which he served 38 years. And he was uh, given his freedom by Governor Brown three years ago. Uh, and that's what we've been talking about, his life before, uh, or, or should I say during prison. And we will be talking to him about life after prison. So we have invited Aaliyah Hartman to talk to us. And uh, I'm delighted that you're here with us today. Aaliyah, welcome to our program. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. So you had a very unique, what I would call unique childhood, uh, different than the way many children grow up, because you were conceived in a, a family visit uh, at prison. And your dad and I were talking a little bit about that. And so the visits um, initially were um, family visits. They were can you tell, do you remember uh, how those visits uh, worked out? Were they in a trailer or how, how did that work out when you came to see him with your mom? I, I don't have any memories of the family oh, you, visits. You don't. You were too young. And how, yeah. how, how old were you when the family visits, um, which were almost like, a, you know, like a weekend visit, uh, how, how old were you when those were taken away? Well, I was I was born in 1995, and the law changed in 96. Oh, wow. So hardly any time. No wonder you don't remember it. So the yeah. majority of your visits were in a visiting room. And how, mm -hmm. much, how much of that do you remember? Um, well, I, I mean, I spent my, my whole life seeing my dad in, in visiting room. Right, so. right. And what, how, how, do, how do you deal with that as a child? I was saying to your dad that I visit someone in a women's prison and I see toddlers come in all the time um, and it, it breaks my heart. But what was, what was that like for you? Uh, I, well, I think as a kid, um, and, you know, my, my dad spent my entire life in prison, so I didn't really know um, anything else. So yeah. it didn't strike me as, as being odd or, or right. scary or different. It was just the only thing that I'd ever known. Yeah. Uh, but was, was there an opportunity to play or did, was there a separate section of the visiting room for children and their families? Um, well, most of the people who, um, visit men's prisons, which I don't know how it works for women's prisons, right? because uh, I've never been in one, but right. most of the people that were going in 
um, on those visiting days were families and were uh, women, many of, of which had younger children. So right. it was it was a pretty common occurrence. Um, I definitely wasn't the only kid in the visiting yeah. room, which is just a it's like a big empty room with a podium at the front where um, a guard sits and kind of like looks over the the room and then there's just little tables kind of like a cafeteria mm-hmm. scattered around and um like a wall of vending machines mm-hmm. for for food right. um my my mom um lobbied on behalf of bringing in play areas into the visiting rooms when i was pretty young um i don't remember a time before there being uh, a, a play area but I, I know that that happened sometime during my early childhood. I see. So would you label the prisons child-friendly or not? Um, I, I don't know. I've never really, you know, I, I think when it's, it's such an integral part of your life, um, you, you don't really have the, the luxury of, like, looking at it. Mm-hmm. But as you look um, back, as you look back now, would you have changed anything? Um, I, I mean, maybe I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think prisons are, um, you know, as good as they could be. That's for sure. I mean, the yeah. the prison system in, in America is a total nightmare. But right. You know, for for me, like the the visiting room for me was a place where I got to be with my family, and it was a place of community because the other people that I saw every week were there with their families. Yeah. Um, was... So for, so for me, it was it was like a like a feeling of of going back home and and getting mm-hmm. to be around a lot of people who loved each other and getting to you know, be with, be with my parents together in the same room. Um, Did you you see, did you see the same families and children each time you went? Pretty consistently. Um, My, my dad was was at the same prison um, for the vast majority of the time that I was alive. He was, he was um, incarcerated in Lancaster and for most of that time, he was on a yard. So, for for most of my life, I was seeing the same people in the mm-hmm. in the same visiting room every week. And how so often families live very very far away because prisoners are moved. Um, I think there's a limit on how far they can be moved, maybe 500 miles. But what was the uh, proximity in terms of when you were visiting him, how how far away were you? Um, for the first like ten years of of my life, I, he was really only like twenty twenty five minutes away from where oh, we were living. So I was I was really lucky in that regard. Yes, you certainly were. Yeah. Now, um, uh, kids in school, wherever you were in school. Did they know that you had a parent in prison and were they understanding about that situation? 
Um, it wasn't something that I that I ever hid. Um, I've always had a really close relationship with my dad. Um, I think he's a good person, and I think he's had an interesting life, so I like talking about him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think I got picked on it, you know, picked on for having a dad in prison just as much as, as any kid gets picked on for, for being different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think being around other kids who were in the same shoes as me in the, in the visiting room, I think a lot of, uh, at least it, in my experience, it seems like a lot of the, the shame um, of having a parent in prison was, was something that like the family was more like, like secretive about it. And then that put shame on the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a secret in my family and my mom never presented it as something that I should be ashamed of. And my dad was always pretty open about it. So I don't mm. think that I, that I ever like internalized um, too many negative feelings. Oh, that's, it. that's great because that does not always happen. Um, were there teachers that were pretty understanding also about your situation? Um, I, I always felt like the adults were, um, were harder to deal with than the other kids growing up. Mm. Why is that? Well, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, children don't really have, um, too many like preconceived notions about like different types of people and, um, what that could mean. And, you know, kids kind of just will accept whatever is in front of them. Um, Whereas I think when when adults would learn that that I had a dad who was in prison, they, you know, built up a stereotype of what that must mean and what kind of person that must make me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think think it was a lot harder to deal with adults. Mm, That's very, very interesting observation. Now, um, how, big question here, how did you find out uh, after so many, many years, I guess tw- uh, actually 22 years, that your dad, who was serving a life without parole sentence, which is exactly what it means, how did you find out that your dad was going to be released? How did you know about that? Um, well, it wasn't the first time that he had applied for a commutation. He applied oh. for one when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, still governor of California, but that one was um, was denied. So the second time that he applied for a commutation, um, he had kind of kept it um, hidden from, from me and from my mom. He didn't want us to get our hopes up. Sure. Um, and uh, I didn't. I didn't find out about it until it had already been approved. I got like a a call from um, like a family friend that was kind of saying like, "Oh, like have you heard like the good mm. news?" <laughs> um, and how much? Yeah, in which, which was nice. How much in advance did you hear the good news? Um, well, I didn't hear about it until his commutation had been approved. 
And when was that in terms of his actual release? Um, oh, gosh. Maybe like two or three months. Okay. I don't really know the exact um, date, but, but he, he, he got released fairly soon after. Yeah, certainly. The commutation, I think it was around Easter was when the, the commutation went through and um, by like Christmas time. Um, he had already uh, got parole. Right. Um, so was that a difficult transition for you, for you? I want you to speak for, just for yourself. After your dad came out of prison, um, where you you had kind of gotten used to the idea that he never would. And now, big change. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was difficult. Um I I mean I had never prepared for the idea that that my dad would get out of prison. I had kind of just accepted that that was how it had always been and that it would always be that way. Right. Um and so much of my my relationship with my dad was defined by that sense of absence in the everyday. Um, I had kind of, you know, it was, it was almost like he didn't really exist in the, the real world for me. Right. It was, you know, I, I was seeing him in the same room. He was always wearing the same clothes. Right. And our, <clears throat> our relationship was really like kept kept separate from everything else. So when he got out of prison, it was difficult for me to, to adjust to, to, to being around him and to seeing him in, in different contexts. And I think the, like being able to, to be around him in a way that I'd never been around him before really served to, to kind of highlight um, how much of an absence mm -hmm. it was to, to grow up without having a, a dad around. Yeah. And so I, I think that brought up a lot of difficult feelings for me, even as an adult. I would think so. I would think so. So how, how did you deal with this tremendous change in the nature of your relationship? And, and did it take a long time and, is there still difficulty dealing with his his being out? Um, I mean, I think just like I mostly dealt with it through just time progressing and um, adjusting to it and having difficult conversations with my dad about about how how hard it was growing up with with him in prison and and um, how much his absence had always kind of like had weighed on me. And, um, you know, I, I think there were a lot of feelings of like bitterness and frustration that I couldn't help that were coming up because, you know, he was, he, he got out when I was 22. So I, I had already grown up and, 
and I think the the child in me was really angry at that sure at that I didn't that I didn't get to to have a dad and like now all of a sudden he's here and he wants to be in my life and and he can be and it's like there's this um there's this void that's always going to exist in me and I kind of just have to to learn to accept it and move forward did do you think that he after he got out were you able to help him understand what you just said uh the the void that was there so many years did he understand that yeah i think so um we had a lot of a lot of difficult conversations and i think through those conversations we we were able to to have a, a closer relationship um and i i think just becoming an adult um and having like a relationship with with your parents um as you grow up that relationship changes and the mm-hmm. way that that you view your parents changes and you can you know you start to to see them as more of just another person right and i, I think that um that through the conversations that that him getting out the the conversations that we had surrounding him getting out um i i kind of realized um how how alike we we both are and how we've both um had a lot of suffering in our lives and and i think that that we were able to find a lot of common ground in oh, that that's great and that i think i give you so much credit because i think if you hid or buried many of those feelings that you just described and he didn't know about them i think that would damage the relationship and with with openness and honesty um i think you get a great deal of credit for strengthening the relationship with your dad i i think it had to really come from you not him would you agree um i don't know i mean i think i think my my dad realized when when he got out after the first few times that we saw each other that that there were a lot of things that I wasn't saying and I think he could tell that mm-hmm. that it was like a really surreal kind of overwhelming experience for me and um and he kind of um gave me like permission to to withdraw from our relationship for a while and to mm. figure out um my own feelings and he didn't put any pressure on me to to immediately accept him or to, you know, like only feel joy. I think so many of, of his friends and so many of our, like our family friends, um, like they, they only had joy when he got out, which makes sense because they don't, mm-hmm. they don't have that more complicated relationship with him that, that I do with him being my father. Sure. But I think that the amount of, of joy that I was kind of, um, that I was in the middle of 
um, and it just felt like everyone was just putting all of their happy feelings on me, and I think that that ended up being a little suffocating sure. um, because I it it made me feel like I didn't have the the space or the permission to feel and work through um, more complicated emotions. Sure. And why why would you be? I'm sure people were thinking, why would you be sad or unhappy that he's getting out? You should be delighted. And uh, you, there, it was far, far more complicated than just that. Now, um, how you're very far apart distance-wise now. How often do you get to see your dad? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't seen him in a while. Um, and I, I probably won't see him for, you know, however long it, it takes till there's a vaccine and, yeah. and it's safe to travel again and, and all that. I um, see. So it's but, mo- mostly because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't want to see him until, until there's a vaccine and, it, and it's safe to, to travel and see people. I think, and, you know, I care about him too much to right. expose yeah. him to anything. But I, I had seen him. Um, When's the last I saw time? him in, in October oh, uh, wow. last year. A year ago. So. Wow, long time. It's so uh, it's, this is so pervasive where people are not able to see uh, their their families because of this. But at least you are in very close touch by phone, right? Is that do you email each other as well, or mostly just call? I talk to my dad on the phone all the time. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it's just because he was in, in prison for so much of my life, but I, I don't feel so much like I need to, to mm-hmm. see him all the time in order to, to feel close to him. And um, I wanted to ask you what, what's your life like now in terms of what you, what you do uh, as, uh, as for your work? What do you do? Um, I work for a nonprofit. And what what nonprofit is that? Um, it's it's called Prison Radio, and um, what we do is we record um, like audio essays that incarcerated people write, and then we distribute those to uh, different radio stations mm-hmm. so that kind of like the, the average person can, can get some insight from, from people who, who are in prison about what their lives are like and what opinions they have. And mm, That's great. That, where, does it go out to many different stations across the country or very limited? Um, we have, we have, quite a few different uh, radio stations that, that broadcast um, our audio recordings. And then we also have a website where they all get uploaded so that anybody hmm. can access any of them at any time. And we, um, we publish uh, books as well. Can you give us your website? So maybe interested people could uh, go to it. Yeah. It's just a uh, prisonradio.org. Okay. That's that's easy, and can you listen to the um, 
the essays on the website or you have to access it through a radio station? You can listen to all of them on the website. Oh, great. I think I'll do that. That sounds great. Well, Aaliyah, we are just about out of time, and uh, I am so pleased that you were able to share your thoughts and your feelings with us today. I think they are unique to you, but probably not to a lot of children who have walked in your shoes um, and had a parent in prison, and some children still do, and, and like you, you know, may have them in prison for forever. So you've gotten to see both sides of the bars, so to speak. Uh, I I'd so appreciate your, your time and willingness to uh, be on the show today. So thank you so much, Aaliyah. And uh, yeah, thank you. Take good care of yourself. All right. Thank you. you All right. So we, we uh, would like our listeners to tune in next time because uh, Aaliyah's dad, Ken Hartman, will be back with us to uh, tell us what his life has been like since he has gotten out of prison nearly three years ago. So this is Harriet Handel, and I will see you next time on Pursuing Justice. Thank you.